This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's good! It's good! It's good! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. We'll take you to the places most fans never go. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, Hakeem drops the ball, turn, picks a flow, and touchdown. Hell is frozen over. Of the 2022 season. It is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. Welcome in Saints fans, Steve Geller, WWO Saints sideline reporter, along with digital content producer Jeff Nowak on another edition of Inside Black and Gold. We're going to be talking to you about the first day of training camp, who was there, who wasn't. Uh, Michael Thomas, the big fish on the field, I guess you could say. Uh, was a surprise to see him off the physically unable to perform list. We'll talk about that. Also how Jameis Winston's looking and some comments about uh, Dennis Allen in his first year as head coach as uh, of the Saints, along with some padded helmets that look a little funny on the players. They, they, they certainly do. Uh, yes, and there, there is a lot to talk about. It was a short practice, but we got a lot of content. We're going to have a lot on Michael Thomas in the back half of the show. We're going to focus on some other stuff here in the first segment. You know, and and we can we can start with these padded helmets because I think they are going to be, you know, a very a major talking point, if not like just because they look silly uh, as we get more into camp, especially as once fans get out there and really get to see what they look like. And so just to kind of set the scene here, if you've ever watched a rugby, a rugby match, the, the kind of helmets they have, where they kind of have those bubble pads. That's what we're talking about. And they're going over the actual helmet. So it has this kind of like alien look. Uh, and so it's it's the defensive linemen, the offensive linemen, the linebackers, and the tight ends all have to wear these. And it's, you know, a league-mandated thing that's new this year. Every team is doing it, apparently. I haven't seen, you know, much footage from other teams. Um, but it's, it's interesting. And uh, I first saw it on Taysom Hill, and I thought maybe it was a Taysom Hill thing. And then I looked around, and I was like, oh, no, they're all wearing this. It's apparently some sort of... Uh, it's supposed to help prevent concussions, I guess. And I think the the idea is like, especially the linemen, when you're blocking, you're, you're colliding helmets a lot. I think especially when you don't have pads on because the pads, I think, kind of create a buffer between the helmets. And I think when you don't have the pads on, the helmets get together a lot faster. That would be my guess as to why they would, uh, they would have these on. But you'll notice them when you get out there because they are noticeable. Yeah, I had to look it up because it just looked a bit ridiculous. And it is, it's called Guardian Cap, uh, worn outside of the helmet. 
and the company says they can reduce impact by up to 33%, and it's being worn by more than 200 colleges and 2,000 high schools already, and now the NFL is looking to implement them. Uh, it definitely looks odd. Cam Jordan had some interesting comments about them today as well. I feel like a two-year-old running around out in the field today, very head first. I, I love whoever made these regulations. Probably NFL, probably NFLPA, probably both of them yeah, what together. Is that? What are those like wearing like when you're actually, do you notice a difference? Or? Did you hear me? Yes, no, I mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, there's, there's a notice, noticeable change that they're going to say is not noticeable. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can feel it. And I'm sure in the next couple of days when we get pads on, I can, I'll be able to tell just as much because I've got a lot of, you know, I've got a lot of a lot of moves that involve shaking and shimming with the head. So I'm going to look like a big old bobblehead. Um, and I don't I'm trying to do the the right thing and be a team guy and, and rock this one out. We'll see how long this lasts. There you go. Cam Jordan feels like a two year old. And I, and I think that that is funny. You know, he's just like he's just lolling around, just like feeling perfectly comfortable, just bouncing off of walls and stuff. Uh, and it, it does kind of feel that way. And I. And I do think that there is kind of, you can see when they're wearing them, that kind of, you can understand how they would feel a little off balance because there is that extra weight on your helmet, which is already kind of a weird thing that your body is not used to having on it. Um, but yeah, I, I understand the concept of it, but I do think that it's going to take some getting used to. They're not going to use them in games, obviously. So that's not going to be a factor, but it's just something the players are going to have to get used to and something I'm going to have to get used to looking at. Yeah, definitely the look of it is odd, but if heck, if it's going to help reduce the concussion rate or any kind of impact on the head area, obviously everyone's all about that. Yeah, and speaking of health, you know, this is actually, you know, as we as we mentioned, Michael Thomas was out there today. Taysom Hill and Marcus May were both full goes, full participants, which, you know, Marcus May tore his Achilles last November. Taysom Hill had a list Frank injury in week, week 18 of last season. That's the shortest possible window you can have for the Saints, at least, because they didn't make the playoffs. And they're both full participants uh, in, the, in the first day of training camp. And that is impressive. And I think it, it gives you a really good picture of how dedicated these guys are to their rehab. And they're got, that's way faster than I think you would have expected a few years back for these guys to get back on the field. Um, but Peyton Turner also got back on the field. That's the first time we've seen him this offseason. That was nice to see. The guys we did not see. Marcus Davenport, as we knew, he was on the pup list. He is not out there. Mickey Loomis said it was more about conditioning than health, which is, right. I think, a good thing. But we're still waiting to see him. Kick returner, wide receiver, Rashid, Rashid Shahid, which is a, it's a tongue twister. He's a guy we have not seen yet. He's a UDFA out of Weber State. I think the fact that they keep, they've kept him around, despite him not getting on the field, is telling of you know the respect they have for him as a player. You know, because they cut a couple players the other day. They did not cut him. Um, and we're still waiting to see him. Tano Passigno was on the NFI, the non-football illness list, which not I injury. find is a very funny designation <laughs> because I don't know what a football illness is, but if they exist, I might have one. Uh, safety Tyron Matthew, he was an excused absence. Uh, he has a family issue. Dennis Allen doesn't know exactly when he'll be back. He just said as long as it takes him to take care of it then he'll be back. You know, I don't expect that to be something that keeps him out very long, but we did not see him today. And then linebacker Pete Werner was probably the only surprise absence. He was working off to the side. He had some sort of injury. DA wouldn't specify what it was, but, you know, it clearly wasn't something that limited him from running around. So I think that's a positive sign. Still not great because you want to see him out there. This is a big off season for him. 
you know, he's a guy who's probably going to step into his starting role at the well linebacker position and he's not ready. Um, so it a gives a couple people who might be also trying to fill that spot, a chance to step in and also kind of makes you wonder, you know, how long is this going to keep him sidelined and how does that impact, you know, how he kind of fills in next to Demario Davis. And then another big question will pop up too. It's like, if this is something that is going to linger a lot, you're going to Right. It's going to be uh Quan Alexander, who I know I'm already hearing from fans on social media. I'm sure you are too asking when are the saints going to be bringing him back in since he remains unsigned. Uh, only team that I know he visited this off season was the New York jets. I don't the, this, this just no interest in Quan Alexander is kind of mind boggling to me. I don't really understand it. It's very strange. It's not, you know, like last year he was coming off an Achilles and it's like, okay, that makes sense. You know, Teams are going to be hesitant to take a stab at a guy. Um, but this year he's healthy. Yeah, he, he played pretty well last year. I mean, he wasn't great, but he was he was very he was a startable linebacker, um, very athletic, a good tackler, can't find a job, which you know it, it is odd. And it kind of makes you wonder if he's holding out for kind of a late offseason signing where he wants to be. And if that's the Saints, then you know, maybe, maybe he is an option on the table. But yeah, I think. DA didn't made it sound like Pete's absence would not be extended. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. It was again, it was a short practice today. I thought that was interesting. It's great for us. Yeah. It was only about 90 minutes, which, you know, my notes for the day are very incomplete because Absolutely. I was, <laughs> I was kind of like watching and slow playing it. And, you know, I hadn't even, I was planning on kind of taking a really close look at the offensive line in the last like 45 minutes of practice, because that's when you really get into the super competitive team drills in my experience. But the last 45 minutes of practice didn't, didn't happen by my watch. You know, you were off, off the field by 1030. I think that was, that was a planned thing. I think they're trying to work people into the elements a little bit. Dennis DA indicated that as we go along, they'll, they'll, ramp that up a bit they'll stretch that out but today we did not see a ton um but i wasn't complaining because i'm also trying to work my way back into the elements and i didn't sweat you know i I only sweated off a couple pounds not like 10 another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, of course. I-, I look at it as I was prepared with my cool hat, my cooling towel. Got to have that cooling towel. We, we It was a day we really didn't need it, though, because a lot of it um, was able to sit under the awning there by the practice since they were mostly on that side of the field. And it just, the, the air wasn't so thick today. Thankfully it wasn't that brutal of a day while we were out there. Was there, was there any player that stood out to you specifically not named Michael Thomas? We're going to get into a lot about Michael Thomas. So let's skip him and say, is there anyone else that stood out to you today uh, from what you saw? Uh, Definitely. I would say Taysom Hill, just because of the fact of we hadn't seen him in so long. Uh, There was nothing from, organized team activities, or even from minicamp. And it was kind of a surprise when the pup list initially came out, he wasn't on it coming back from that Liz Frank injury. So definitely kept a a close eye on him, wanted to see how that foot was 
reacting to being on the field, how he was cutting, how he looked. And Taysom looks like the same old guy right now, which is great. We're going to see obviously more on Monday when the pads come on and all, but uh, not seeing him in that red, no contact practice jersey was a little odd, wearing the white jersey with the number seven, uh, just lined up like a normal offensive player this time around. Yeah, and he was all over the place. He was working in a lot of the special teams. I expect that to be a big part of his role this year. It is it is weird because, you know, all of a sudden he can get hit in practice. It's probably going to be an adjustment for him. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting to watch just how involved he is in in the punt return unit, in the punt, in the punt coverage unit, all that. And obviously tight end. We saw him working with the tight ends today, and that's something that even in his do-it-all role, that's really not what we saw from him. He would play tight end on Sundays, but he would be in the quarterback room for a majority of it. He would work around and he understands how all those assignments, but he was not doing drills with the tight ends. He was doing that today. And to me, that's the most significant difference. The guy who I thought stood out was another tight end. Um, and it was Juwan Johnson. I thought he had for, for a guy who we, you know, we've questioned and said he needs to step up, he needs to start making plays, I thought he made a couple plays today. He had a nice catch down the sideline and flashed the speed. He had a nice catch in the middle of the field, and he kind of used his bulk and got through some some defenders. They obviously couldn't hit him. Uh, but, you know, I thought it was it was encouraging in how he was how he was getting to the spots he needed to get at, making plays on the ball. Um, and I think – both of those guys are going to be really fascinating to watch. And I think if this offense is is going well, they'll have a role in it. Yeah. And I thought you mentioned another tight end, but uh, another guy too, uh, Troutman, the third year guy, he had a, a couple of nice grabs in team drills. Uh, one that was around a, a 20, 25 yarder down the seam. And that to me is huge too. I know there's so much, uh, negative press around him after a down year and year two for him. But I think Troutman's a guy in year three that can still surprise a lot of folks. I think this tight end, we, we talked about this last episode. I think this tight end room, it is going to surprise a lot of folks. I yeah. think that, you know, you look at the numbers they put up last year and you kind of weigh that in the offense that was just so anemic. And I don't think it was as bad as people want to say it was. Um, but we'll, we'll have a lot of time to talk about that. I thought Jameis, he, he came out that limp everyone wanted to talk about. It's a thing of the past. He was I'll back in the you. knee brace. There was that kind of stretch in the offseason where he shared a couple of videos where he wasn't in the brace. And everyone's like, wow, he's out of the brace. That's great. He's going to be wearing the brace. Right. The team is going to make sure he's in that brace. And, and he should be. Uh, he had a major knee surgery, and you want to brace that knee. There's and no I think question. He told us he told us during OTAs or minicamp, one of those sessions where it's going to be around for the season too. He, yeah. He's going to be using it. Doctor's orders. It's going to happen. He's going to exactly. be wearing that brace. Following um, order. And he had he had a nice throw to Jarvis Landry up the seam today. Um, we're going to keep hearing about how they're kind of throttling him coming back from that knee injury, uh, but he's going to be a full go. Uh, we, someone asked Jameis Winston uh, during the interviews after practice whether he would want to play in the preseason. And he was like, is that a rhetorical question? Like, of course I want to play in the preseason. And I, it's exactly what I expected him to say, because Jameis, if you let him would play every snap of every preseason game, he's a crazy person. Right. And I appreciate that about him. It's what Dennis brought it up yesterday. And he said, you know, one of the things he admires most about James Winston is his work ethic. He is a guy who never stops working and to a fault, I think. And, and that's going to be the case. Um, but, you know, one of the things that stood out today to me is to so Dennis Allen, you know, he called practice after 90 minutes. 
I think that's a very Dennis Allen thing. There are a few things that happened today that were very Dennis Allen things. We're getting a lot more chances to to share footage from camp, which I think is a Dennis Allen thing. Um, and but he himself was not interested in talking about, hey, this is my first training camp. This is a big moment for me. Um, and, I, and I thought I, I thought that, and I think that while that's fair. We also need to acknowledge and talk about the fact that like these, there are changes and we want to, we want to hear what they are. Um, but we have some audio from Dennis. So we're going to play right here. This is about getting a football team ready to go play a regular season and win football games. And so um, I didn't really think anything about myself or anything that was going on around me. It was just kind of tunnel vision on how do we get better? And, and you know what, here's the thing. That's a message I'm pre preaching to our players. And if I can't, adhere to that message and you know what, what good is it so um, it's really is tunnel vision one step at a time all those cliches that you think about but they're but they're real um, and it's it's the way you get better in this game so what do you think when you hear that I think it's just him being in head coach mode not trying to make it about himself it's all about the team and totally understandable and wouldn't expect anything less from Allen honestly yeah, no, it's exactly what you'd expect him to say. But I, you know, I think that we we can sit, step back and be like, okay, this is a big change. This is a new era of head coaching for the Saints. We don't have to pretend that this is business as usual because it's not. It's not. And, you know, I, I don't fault him for for not taking credit. But I do, I do, you know, call a little bit of BS on this idea that he didn't that it didn't even face him. Didn't today. wake up today and go, yeah. <laughs> Today's the day. And I think he kind of teased that at the end where he's like, yeah, this is the message we give to everybody. So that's what I'm going to say. I'm just not sure I believe it because I don't think that for a second, this is not big for him. This is not a big moment for him. And this is not a lot of pressure every moment of every day to get everything right. And, you know, he's going to say the right things. He's going to do the right thing. But we, I think we can all agree that this is, this is not business as usual. This is a very, very different scenario. And it's one that for him is, is going to be massively important for how his career is viewed down the road. Yeah, what's, what's interesting is obviously his first job as a head coach was with the Raiders and was going into an organization and a situation there where there were no expectations heading into that job. And obviously he didn't, things didn't go well there. He didn't last long, uh, ended up back in new Orleans. And now he kind of, he saw the way that Sean Payton ran things, the way the saints were running things, the, the, the black and gold way of, of doing things. And it's been successful obviously over the years. And I think that's the biggest difference that, or why it doesn't feel like such a huge change. Obviously Dennis Allen's been around, he's been in this system and he's kept most of Sean Payton's staff around. So it's kind of like Sean Payton 2.0, but not in the aspect, I would say, of a personality-wise. No, no. Personality-wise, I think you have a very different, very different totally character. different, right. And I, you know, I think that the players are responding well to it. I think the defense already knew what to expect. Right. And it was a question of, you know, how does he kind of bring that up and, and be an umbrella over the rest of the team and not just the defense? And, you know, Cam talked about that today a little bit. And he was like, yeah, you used to used to not have to deal with Sean at all unless things were going terrible. And I have to deal with Dennis all the time. 
Uh, and he kind of joked because that's what Cam does. He jokes a lot. But, you know, I think it's, it is it is interesting. He has to have a say on the offensive side of the ball. And as we go through camp, and we haven't really got a chance to talk to Pete Carmichael at all. Um, but it's going to be interesting to hear just how involved he is on that side of the ball and and how Pete is kind of is kind of juggling this kind of different dynamic of the team leader is now on the defensive side and he is the leader of the offense. Yeah, I'm curious to know too really how much does Pete Carmichael Jr.'s role feel different to him right now? How much more is he, I don't want to say involved, but how much more does he have uh, on his plate now that he is the full offensive coordinator without the head coach's quote-unquote input on it? Yeah, I don't know, but I can tell you one thing is he would much rather have that plate be full as long as it has Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave on it. And uh, we're going to get a li- into a lot more of that in the next segment here. Remember to remember to rate, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast, Inside Black and Gold. We're going to be bringing this to you at least twice a week, three times during the regular season. It's going to be a good time when we come back. More on the Big MT getting back to practice. 